Mine damer og herrer, jeg vil gerne byde. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to the annual general meeting of F.L. Smith and Company here in the Falconer Center. As in previous years, the board directors has appointed Mr. Klaus Sukor, lawyer, to chair the meeting. So over to you, Mr. Sukor. Thank you. First thing I have to do is to ascertain whether the AGM has been lawfully convened and therefore forms a quorum and can make decisions. I've checked it in advance, so I will reach the conclusion that the AGM has been lawfully convened. There are rules we need to meet and comply with. They're in the Articles of Association and the legislation, also the rules for the Copenhagen Stock Exchange. The Articles of Association, that's Articles 5 to 10, we must hold the meeting in Metropolitan Copenhagen before the 1st of May, convened by three to five weeks' notice via the website and via the IT system of the Danish Business Authority and obviously also through OMX, a company announcement. That was done on the 11th of March, so that is within the time frame uh, provided. Everything except uh, 7.2, the change of the Article Association, only requires simple majority. Uh, 7.2 requires a quorum of two-thirds of the votes. We have 1,090 people who have registered, 686 shareholders, and 172 had voted in advance. They've used the proxies and uh, other forms that were available, and 233 persons have provided uh, proxies to the board. So 24% of the capital has registered or voted in advance. Present here a few minutes ago, we had just under 500 people, 335 of them were shareholders. If you have any comments concerning these formalities, please speak now. Or I will conclude that the meeting has been lawfully convened and that we can make decisions. Now, the first items on the agenda will be dealt with under one, and then questions can be asked and comments can be made subsequently. So first, over to the chairman of the board, who will report. In 2012, F.L. Smith launched a new growth strategy. As part of that strategy, service activities were separated from cement and minerals and consolidated within the customer services division to sharpen management focus and to pave the way for continued growth within this significant business segment. Also, we formed three project divisions, a cement division and two new divisions, material handling and mineral processing, based on the former minerals business unit. The key element of the new strategy is to develop FL Smith to become a full service provider, offering complete product and service solutions to customers within six key industries, copper, gold, coal, iron ore, mineral fertilizers and cement. Our aim is to be able to supply full services comprising all significant core technology services as well as operation and maintenance within these six industries. Over the past decades, F.L. Smith has built up such a unique position in cement, and our aim is to attain similar strength in the other key industries. As a result of a number of acquisitions, uh, over the last few years, F.L. Smith today is capable of providing complete flow sheets for the extraction and processing of copper, gold and coal. The challenge is now to leverage this platform for growth and demonstrate to customers the value-creating p- 
potential of the uh, one-source business model. Since the strategy was launched in early 2012, the strategy process has moved from development to deployment. In 2012, F.L. Smith acquired a number of companies and activities that contributed to strengthening F.L. Smith's geographical and technological footprint. These include the acquisition of Ludovici in Australia, as a result of which F.L. Smith is now able to provide a complete cone preparation flow sheet. Ludovici, as it's actually called, is the world's leading provider of coal centrifuges, vibration, vibrating screens, as well as supplementary wear uh, products and services. The acquisition of Ludovici also significantly expands F.L. Smith's presence in the Australian mining industry, and the acquisition supports F.L. Smith's aspiration uh, to expand its customer services because about 60% of Ludovic's revenue relates to service activities, spare parts and wear parts. Other acquisitions in 2012 include Decanter Machine in the US, a supplier of centrifuges for the processing of coal and fertilizers, MIE Enterprises and Maya Bulk, they're two Australian providers of mining services, and then the German company Teutrin, a provider of service and maintenance to cement producers in Europe and the Middle East in 2012. F.L. Smith also achieved authority approval for its first acquisition in China. Together with the minority shareholder, F.L. Smith, Smith has formed a company called SEPIC that will be marketing and selling air pollution control products, uh, filters, to the cement industry in China. Now, acquisitions going forward will be slower. There will be more focus on consolidation and integration. In 2013, we will concentrate on, on uh, the realization of synergies from acquisitions and integration of employees and products and systems and on obtaining the leverage that we can get from being a larger global organization. And we will be focusing a lot on profit and capital efficiency. Now, in addition to acquisitions, we've invested in recent years considerable amounts in organic expansions of the group's facilities and competences. For instance, we have a new state-of-the-art facility in Salt Lake City in the USA, in the US where we combine all mineral processing competences under one roof. This includes an ore characterization and mineral processing lab. Now, this setup gives us a unique position as a one-source supplier to the minerals industry. Now, we are working proactively in regard to customer relations so that we can have closer and more long-term relationship with our customers. As part of the strategy of getting closer to customers, 2012 saw the inauguration of the first three of eight planned service centers. We call them super centers. These centers are being built in regions where F.L. Smith has significant mining and cement operations. The centers allow proximity to customers uh, for timely delivery of parts and rebuilding and repair capacities, in addition to training and lab services for our customers. Now, these, the planned supercenters will, will be built in the U.S., Australia, Peru, Chile, Mongolia, and South Africa. Now, the fourth supercenter, actually in Antofagasta in Chile, uh, was an opened, inaugurated officially last month by the Danish Crown Prince and Princess. They were on an official visit to Chile. Now, implementation of a group strategy is a dynamic process. We need to continuously adapt it to changing market conditions. Thomas Schultz 
will be taking over as the group's CEO on the 1st of May 2013. And in that connection, obviously, FL Smith's group strategy will undergo a review. The overall principles will remain unchanged, of course, but probably and quite naturally, there will be some adjustments. After a successful restructuring in the mid-2000 uh, to 2010 period, we've focused over the last sort of six to seven years on growth creation and stable earnings. We've had uh, 14% annual growth and earnings from operating activities, the so-called EBITDA margin, has been between 10 and 12%. This is actually remarkable, uh, a good achievement in a period when the world economy suffered its greatest crisis in 75 years. In addition to cement, we have copper that has grown to become one of our most important industries, and that's not a coincidence. Uh, we, ha- we acquired GLNV process in 2007. That gave us access to full copper processing uh, flow sheet and enabled us to uh, supply complete copper processing plants. Now, gold has become increasingly significant, F.L. Smith, uh, as the acquisition, with F.L. Smith, you know, via the acquisition of uh, Nelson in 2011, a Canadian company becoming uh, the sole provider of the entire processing flow sheet for gold. Now, coal offers a vast potential. It's the biggest commodity in the, in the world, actually. It's uh, just as big as all the commodities together. Now that we have Ludovici and Decanter, we have a complete coal processing product range. We are the only company in the world that can provide a sole, uh, uh, one solution, a sole solution uh, as a one-source coal processing and handling uh, company. And we also have long-term operation and maintenance contracts. They continue to offer significant growth potential on a global scale in all six focus industries. Right now, we are offering operation and maintenance contracts primarily in cement and copper. In 2012, there was a good breakthrough because we won a contract to operate and maintain a cement factory that was actually designed and built by a competing company. The group's order intake increased 15% to 27.727 million krona, primarily because of a favorable market development in customer services and minerals processing. The order intake in 2012 included, on average, a higher gross margin than the order intake in 2011, and that's expected to have a beneficial impact on earnings and margins in 14 and 15. The order backlog increased 9% to 29.451 million krona for execution over a period of up to seven years. 56% of the order backlog is expected to become revenue in 2013. Long-term operation and maintenance contracts amounted to 17%, 5.1 billion krona of the order backlog at the end of 2012. Our revenue increased by 21% to 21.849 million Danish krona, primarily as a result of customer services and minerals processing, where we saw revenue growth of 35 and 41% respectively. It is estimated that the underlying organic growth amounted to 15% in 2012, adjusted for acquisitions and currency, you know, foreign exchange uh, effects. Total service activities accounted for 37% of our revenue in 2012. In addition to our customer services division, total service activities consist of service business embedded in product companies in the other three divisions. 
The EBITDA margin of the group has been stable for six consecutive years between 10 and 12%, even if margins have been hampered by one-off costs in connection with acquisitions and execution problems in materials handling in 2012. The EBITDA result increased 7% to 2.502 million krona, corresponding to an EBITDA margin of 10.1%. This result reflects actually dissimilar trends in the four divisions. Margin developments in cement in that division were extremely favorable in 2012. Better, we had better order execution than expected, and we were able to reverse contingencies and provisions when we finalized projects that we had won in before the crisis. The EBITDA margin in cement increased to 17.8%. This is really exceptionally high. The margin in materials handling, on the other hand, is under a lot of pressure because of internal execution problems. Material handling is the youngest and least integrated business area in F.L. Smith so far. It originates in a number of acquisitions. We've bought companies in Germany, South Africa, and the U.S. Uh, that have been combined with a minor uh, legacy business in F.L. Smith. And the continuing process of integrating and optimizing the organization to become one combined business unit we have lacked adequate uh, project execution skills and the necessary know-how to handle sharply increasing business volume. But under the new division management, a number of initiatives have already been taken to transfer project management know-how and best practice from other divisions. In material handling, the above-mentioned issues had a negative impact on profitability to the tune of 450 million krona. Uh, We are convinced, however, that the initiatives taken in 2012 to rectify the situation were appropriate and suitable, and we expect to see gradual improvements in material handling over the next 12 to 18 months. The EBITDA margin in material handling division fell to minus 3.7% in 2012 due to the above-mentioned issues. The EBITDA margin in the customer services division declined to 13.1% in 2012. There's a negative uh, effect from uh, one-off costs in connection with uh, business acquisitions and strategic initiatives. The EBITDA margin in the minerals processing division decreased to 10.5% in 2012. Uh, Also, this was because of one-off costs and then uh, the higher proportion of orders accepted during the financial crisis had to be executed and executed at lower margins. Now, Phil Smith's overall EBIT result fell 6% to 1.988 million kroner in 2012. That's an EBIT margin of 8.0%. The EBIT result negatively reflects the one-off impairment loss of 188 million kroner in connection with the development project uh, where we had some groundbreaking technology, new technology. Um, progress was made, patterns were taken out, but commercial tests, however, failed to show acceptable test results. Sales distribution administration costs amounted to 3.319 million kroner. That is a cost percentage of 13.4% of revenue. It's a 22% increase on 2011 and that actually corresponds to the increase in revenue in the same period. Although most of the increase in sales distribution administration costs can be explained by acquisitions, foreign exchange effects, and non-recurring costs, one-off costs, 
management still finds that the underlying cost base has become too high as the organization has been preparing for growth. As a consequence, uh, in the autumn of 2012, a cost efficiency program was initiated and that included a global cost freeze, increased use of shared services and integration of acquired entities and also the uh, implementation and extraction of synergies. The tax, the corporate tax on the year as a result was 653 million krona. That's an, an effective tax rate of 31%, a bit higher than expected due to the geographical spread of the group's earnings. The profit for the year decreased by 9% to 1.303 million krona. Earnings per share amounted to 21.1 krona, a decline of 7% on the year before. Now, while F.S. Smith has been effect- efficient and effective in delivering growth and profitability over the last five and six years, capital efficiency has been under pressure because of acquisitions and increasing working capital. We've made large investments in organic growth and business acquisitions, and because of that, the capital employed has increased considerably. The return on the capital employed has thus fallen. Both the board and the management, the executive management, are focused on increasing capital efficiency to ensure a satisfactory and higher return on the capital employed. And that's why we are introducing ROCE, Return on Capital Employed, is now being introduced as a long-term financial target. Capital Employed, that is the capital invested by F.L. Smith in order to conduct its business. The average capital employed increased by 28% in 2012 to 13.4 billion kroner from 10.4 billion at the end of 2011 as a result of acquisitions. The return on the capital employed measures the efficiency and profitability of F.L. Smith's capital investments. The return on capital employed fell from 44% in 2007 to 19% in 2012, despite stable levels of profit. Now, capacity costs and working capital are two of the parameters inherent in the return on capital employed, and they are the easiest to control in the short term. And in 2012, we've introduced initiatives across the group to reduce costs and to reduce the capital employed. The average capital employed will increase, however, in 2012, sorry, 2013, due to the full-year effect of acquisitions made in 2012. Cash flow from the group's operating activities amounted to 1.720 million kroner in 2012, ending the year on a very strong note. Most of the cash flow was actually generated in the fourth quarter due to a reduction of the working capital by means of increased prepayments and collection of receivables. Accordingly, the group's total working capital at the end of 2012 amounted to 1.629 million kroner, corresponding to 6.6% of revenue. The working capital increased considerably in 11 and 12 as a result of acquisitions and a changed business mix with more activities in services and minerals. As such, the increase in working capital is natural. Uh, It's the resulting effect of uh, F.L. Smith having succeeded, actually, in delivering on its strategy. However, it's possible to optimize the working capital, and in 2012, a plan was launched for tighter control of the working capital. The working capital should not exceed 10% of revenue. That's the ambition.
In 2012, F.L. Smith made considerable investments in acquisitions and in organic growth. Cash flow from investing activities amounted to minus 3.4 billion kroner. As mentioned, 2013 will see a slowdown as regards acquisitions. We will focus more on the integration and extraction of synergies and on capital efficiency, as I mentioned. The equity increased to 9.4 billion at the end of 2012, whereas the equity ratio showed a decrease to 30% at the end of 2012. The net interest-bearing debt at the end of 2012, including separate, amounted to 3.2 billion. The group's financial gearing calculated as as net interest-bearing debt uh, in relation to EBITDA, excluding separate again, amounted to 1.2 at the end of 2012. The aim is to maintain an equity ratio of more than 30% and to have a net debt position with a gearing of up to two times the EBITDA. Now, it is F.L. Smith's dividend policy to pay out 30 to 50% of the year's profit in the form of dividend, depending on the capital structure and investment opportunities, obviously. But the board directors proposes uh, a cash distribution, total cash distribution of $1 billion. Uh, consisting of a dividend of 9 kroner per share, corresponding to 36% of the year's profit with a total value of 479 million kroner, and an extraordinary cash distribution of 521 million kroner in the form of a share buyback program under the so-called safe harbour rules. Now, the plans to make an extraordinary cash distribution are based on the improvements in cash flow from operating activities in the fourth quarter of 2012 and expectations of ever considerable free cash flow in 2013 because, as mentioned, acquisitions will be slowed down for the moment. Now, the original plan was to implement the share buyback program just after today's AGM. Uh, However, the, the implementation of a share buyback program under safe harbor rules requires that at the time of implementing it, the company's management does not, pers- does not possess inside information. It is considered that management does actually at the moment possess, uh, does, does at the moment possess inside information, uh, because of the sales process regarding separate. So the, uh, share buyback program cannot start right now, but will be started as soon as possible. Number of employees at the end of 2012, 15,900. That's a 20% increase on the year before. Adjusted for acquisitions, uh, the number of employees increased by 11%, primarily because hourly paid workers, uh, you know, were taken on to cover operational maintenance contracts. But there was also an increased number of employees in the global technology and project centers to handle the increase in order volume. Now, current developments in the uh, global cement and mineral industry are characterized by downward pressure on mining companies' investments, while investments in the cement industry appear to have bottomed out. They have reached and passed their lowest point. Mining companies have responded to economic and geopolitical uncertainty by announcing cutbacks in their investment plans. Price levels, particularly in copper and gold, are still encouraging for CapEx investments, whilst coal and iron ore prices are relatively low. Because of the late cyclical nature of F.L. Smith's business and the group's relatively high exposure to copper and gold, the downward pressure on investments in the mining industry 
there's not yet significantly affected F.L. Smith's order intake. But, I mean, the prospect of a temporary slowdown in new minerals projects cannot be ruled out. The medium to long-term prospects are still encouraging due to continued industrialization and urbanization in emerging markets. Not least because the mining companies have to invest. They need to invest just to maintain the current level of output as the quality of available ore bodies continues to decline. Capacity utilization in the cement industry outside China remains relatively subdued. Overall, the global cement market is affected by macroeconomic uncertainty and slow growth. But tender and proposal activities are high in many parts of the world. Now, F.L. Smith's growth strategy has been planned and is being implemented with a long-term perspective. But because of our flexible business model, we are able to make the necessary adjustments in, in, in regard to short-term fluctuations. 2012 also saw a number of changes in the group executive management. As a consequence of the new group strategy and structure, the group executive management was expanded from four to six members from the 1st of March 2012. So, Pierre Meiner Christensen and Peter Flanagan joined the group executive management as heads of the cement and mineral processing divisions, respectively. On the 10th of April 2012, Ben Guren joined the F.L. Smith Group as the group executive vice president and CFO, uh, succeeding Paul Eric Tofter, who uh, resigned on the 30th of March 2012 after nine years with F.L. Smith. Carsten R. Lund was appointed Executive Vice President and Head of Material Handling with effect from the 1st of July 2012. He succeeded Christian Jepsen, who was headhunted by Alcoa, one of F.L. Smith's important mining customers. In December 2012, it was announced that Jürgen Huno Rasmussen, who has been the CEO since 2003, has decided to retire around the middle of 2013, ten years after taking on the role as the group CEO of F.L. Smith. Thomas Schultz will take up the position as group CEO of F.L. Smith on the 1st of May 2013. Thomas Schultz is 48. He has a master's and a PhD degree in mineral extraction. He is German, and but he's a real cosmopolitan. He has the world as his working place. He was formerly a member of the group executive management of Sandvik in Sweden. He was, had the overall responsibility for Sandvik's construction division. I'm convinced that Thomas Schulz has the ideal profile to take F.L. Smith to the next level and to follow in Jürgen Huner Rasmussen's footsteps. So there's been a number of management changes over the last few years, but it's important to bear in mind that four out of six of the members of the executive management have actually been with F.L. Smith for more than 10 years. So we do believe we have the right balance between continuity and change. Now, as regards the board's agenda in 2012, we have had 10 board meetings. We focused on the new group strategy and structure, acquisitions, research and development, succession planning, capital efficiency, and then general management and legislative issues. In addition, the board, where the executive management traveled to Chile and Peru to visit customers, local offices, and service centers. Now, as regards the remuneration of the board of management, there are no changes in the group's guidelines for incentive pay. I can confirm that 2012 saw no deviations from the general guidelines. 
the total remuneration of the executive management comprises a gross pay that includes a fixed salary including pension, usual benefits such as car and telephone, and then a cash bonus that can constitute up to 40% of the gross pay, and then share options at a value uh, not exceeding 25% of the gross pay at the time of being granted. The purpose of these variable salary components is to ensure value creation and compliance with the company's short and long-term goals. The total remuneration of the group executive management amounted to 40 million in 2012 against 25 in 2011. That's obviously because of the expansion from four to six of the group executive management and then there was severance pay. The remuneration of the group CEO amounted to 10 million in 2012 as against 9 million in 2011. Expectations. The prospects for 2013. They're unchanged. Um, since we made our last announcement on the 12th of February this year. The guidance for consolidated revenue remains at 27 to 30 billion. The EBIT margin will be 8 to 10 percent. It should be noticed that the first quarter is normally the weakest quarter of the year as regards both revenue and earnings. With the current downward pressure on the mining company's investments, we are monitoring the market situation closely so as to be able to take corrective action if necessary. In 2013, board and management will focus primarily on consolidation and integration and on realizing expected synergies related to acquisitions and also obviously on delivering on strategy. Efforts will be be intensified to improve the group's profit and capital efficiency, And then the ROCE, as I mentioned, has been uh, introduced as a new key number. The aim is a return on capital employed over 20%. We expect to reach that in 2015. Now, F.L. Smith has a sustainable business model. We have a strong position in global growth industries. In addition, we have a strong brand and we have competent managers and employees. So I am firmly convinced that F.L. Smith is well-placed to make the most of its considerable growth potential over the coming years. I'd like to mention that actually this is the last time the AGM will be held in Danish. F.L. Smith is a global company with a global ownership board and management reflecting that they're becoming more and more international. As from 2014, therefore, the AGM will be held in English. Finally, I wish to thank the executive management and board directors for their strong cooperation and to acknowledge the great effect the great efforts made by the group's 15,900 employees and home and abroad in 2012 thank you so much it's now possible to ask questions and make comments concerning uh, the uh, report a number of people have already asked for the floor I'd like uh, to tell you that please, if you want to speak, come up here to the rostrum. And if you're at the back of the room, if you know you would like to speak, please come up here to the front and find a vacant seat. First, Mr. Klaus Wienbler from ATP, the Danish uh, Supplementary Pension Fund, and then Mr. Jorgensen from the Danish Shareholders Association will speak after him. But first, ATP. Thank you. 
As you heard, I'm Klaus Wienblad, and I represent ATP. I'd like to thank the Chairman of the Board for his report for the year under review. 2012, in some areas, became a bit of a challenge. Internally, uh, the development in materials handling has been disappointing. Uh, perhaps it took too long to address the problems, but it does seem now that management is handling the problems and hopefully we can look forward to a gradually improved earnings profile of that division. Furthermore, there has been more uncertainty about the investment programs of mining companies. So growth in order intake and 9% growth is actually quite satisfactory in that context. As we heard in recent years, F.L. Smith has carried out many big and small acquisitions. That has strengthened the strategic platform, but has also meant that there's been a lot of pressure on the return on uh, invested capital. So it seems very sensible that we have now introduced, you have now introduced ROCE as a new focus area. It also makes sense that in the coming period, the primary focus will be on integration and consolidation rather than new acquisitions, because the way I see is there's still a lot of work to be done uh, by, you know, if you want to realize the potential of the acquisitions already made. But also like to look back a little bit. Ten years ago, F.L. Smith was mainly a cement business. There was a small minerals business or smaller minerals business. In 2004, the minerals business had a revenue of 1.7 billion. In 2013, they expect in the two minerals divisions 16 billion combined. And then there's a bit of services that comes from minerals also. Furthermore, services have also seen strong growth. The total revenue and services is expected to be up to 10 billion in 2013. Close, actually, to what was actually the total revenue in 2004 of the whole group. In other words, F.L. Smith has undergone a fantastic transformation process and a strong expansion. Today, it has a much stronger strategic platform, and there's still great potential for value creation, as the potential is being realized. In the last period, in the period of 10 years, we've seen more than 500% accumulated as return to shareholders. Very impressive, uh, you know, looking back to 2004. So I focus on these last 10 years. So why? Well, because this is Jürgen Hono's last AGM as the CEO. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank him for a sterling effort that has created an impressive return for us as shareholders and a strong platform for the future. I'd also like to thank you for excellent cooperation over the years, a great dialogue. We at ATP have really appreciated that. On behalf of ATP, I wish you, Jürgen Hono, every success with your future work outside FLS. I'd like to wish employees and the new management of FLS all the best in their future work. Thank you.
Next speaker, Mr. Martin Jorgensen from the Danish Shareholders Association. You have the floor. Thank you. As you heard, I'm Martin Jorgensen and I represent the Danish Shareholders Association. We have about 15,000 members. We handle the interests of private investors and are working to improve conditions for private investors. I'd like to thank the chairman for his report. I'd like to praise you for the good annual report. It's very clear to understand, a very good report. It's always good to see that you've met the expectations. I congratulate you with the 21% increase in revenue. Uh, has been helped by a positive development from the first to the second part of the year. I'd also like to praise you for the wonderful turn, uh, turnover, the wonderful revenue in the fourth quarter. If you look only as a growth in revenue as an indicator for the future, you can be very happy as a shareholder. Unfortunately, uh, we are not quite seeing a reflection uh, in terms of the profit. The profit does not quite reflect uh, the increase in revenue. Now, in the report on material handling, you're talking about execution problems, uh, deadlines that haven't been met, risks you hadn't assessed properly, and there are other problems. There are many reasons given in the report. Why is it? Could you please explain a bit more why, why it is that uh, this uh, development in that particular division hasn't been quite satisfactory? Next question. Management expects uh, that operational efficiency will increase and that that will lead to improvements. In 2013... Now, an EBIT in 2013, it mean, talks about an EBITA margin of about zero. That's not ambitious. The goal should be about 8%, uh, corresponding to four to 500 million kroner uh, earnings. When can we expect that? Now, looking at the historic development in the EBITA margin in the other three divisions, that looks quite sensible. Now, when you talk about how management will implement the strategy, we can see that operational efficiency is a is key. So could you please respond, what will it mean when you can migrate to a fully covering ERP business system? Does that mean that you can do better? And does it mean that you do not at this time have a, a fully comprehensive ERP business system? Now, there are more and more employees in the in the global uh, company. The number of Danes working in the company proportionally is declining because we see, you see growth abroad. About 10% work in Denmark today, and that goes down by 1% every year, so it seems, looking back over the last five years. The 10% Danes working in the company, is that going to be that level going forward, or what do you think going forward? And then the succession. On behalf of Danish Shareholders Association, I'd like to thank very much Mr. Jürgen Hono Rasmussen for his sterling work over the last 10 years. And I'd really like to welcome his successor, Mr. Thomas Schultz, and wish him all the best. Thank you for your attention. Over to the chairman, who will comment on the first two interventions. After that, we will hear Mr. Michael Beck from PFA, the pension fund. First of all, thank you to Klaus Wienbler from ATP for the nice words that he that he gave. I'd also like to thank Mr. Martin Jorgensen for his praise and also for some good questions. Now, I'm going to answer one of them, 
and the more difficult ones I'll leave to Jürgen Horner. Anyway, this thing about Denmark and the number of employees in Denmark. Now, there's no you know, target for how many Danes that there should be, how many people should be working in Denmark in the company. But let me just say that F.L. Smith was founded as a Danish engineering business, and it will remain that. The head office is in Denmark and will remain in Denmark. It's a company with its feet on Danish soil, and we pay our taxes here also. But, you know, how many people, how many Danes are going to work in the company going forward, I cannot tell you. The cement division has a head office in Denmark, but strategically it's being managed also from Denmark. So, and as Martin Jørgensen, as you said, most of the growth is actually abroad. It's outside Denmark. Actually, all of it, basically, is outside Denmark, all of the growth that we see. And that growth helps maintain the Danish jobs. Had we not seen the growth in work outside Denmark, we could not have maintained the Danish jobs. And over to Jürgen Horno. Thank you to Klaus Wienblad and Martin Jørgensen for the words of praise. I appreciate that, obviously. Now, F.L. Smith, we certainly appreciate our cooperation with a strong shareholder such as ATP. We've appreciated the dialogue and the good advice that you have sometimes given us about how we could do things better. And we've tried to listen and respond to the advice you have given us. Now, as regards the problems in materials handling, you have to understand that the germ of the problems we saw in 2012 were much older. But the, I mean, uh, the problem became visible. The problems became visible in 2012 when projects reached a stage where products had to be handed over to customers. And that is where you actually see any flaws and deficiencies. The later in the process that happens, the more expensive it is to correct flaws and uh, deficiencies. We are honest about it. It would have been better to intervene earlier. But this delay was also because until 2012, we reported materials handling as part of the total minerals, very big minerals division. Materials handling flew under the radar, if you like. And we had a lot of progress in minerals processing and services. So we saw the big change last spring when we introduced our new strategy and the new structure. Uh, because here we separated minerals. So we had materials handling and projects in a, in a separate division. It documents the strength of our new structure, that the efficiency of all activities overnight sort of became much more visible and the problems in materials handling became apparent at that point. We intervened quickly with the new management of that division from the second quarter last year. The reason for the problems, I mean, the chairman has already mentioned those reasons in his report. This is the youngest division. It is the result of a combination of no less than five acquired companies, two in Germany, two in the U.S., and one in South Africa. It took us too long 
to integrate these formerly independent companies to become one virtual global technology center. And in that, at that stage, we did not use the normal diligence of the company to start up a big complicated projects that included products from the five formerly independent companies, but we did not oversee it enough. We did not provide adequate um, um, oversight. Obviously, we have rectified it. We have more experienced project managers, and we uh, have those in place in materials handling. And this is precisely what we've done and what we're doing. Now, we are strengthening our organization. You cannot do that overnight. Getting the right resources there, the right procedures there, does take time. Meanwhile, we are actually uh, executing these problem projects, and we had to set aside funds for expected losses on some of these projects, right? So we are now completing them, all other things equal, with a zero margin of the 12 to 18 months that we expect it will take to finalize those projects. So these big projects obviously reduce the overall average margin. We fully agree that the ambition for our division here is not a zero result for that uh, division. We must have a high, at least a high one-digit percentage. When we can reach that, we cannot put a date on it here and now. So you will have to ask that question to my successor. But let me say about the ERP system. Obviously, we do have business systems in FL Smith, but you have to bear in mind that we've expanded, as Klaus Wienbler said, we have expanded a lot in minerals. We've started organically, meaning internally, through reorganization of existing units, but certainly also very much through many, many acquisitions of formerly independent companies. Now, because of that, we've had periods with different ERP systems. That's quite normal. It's a normal consequence when you have groups that are undergoing expansion. Now, we are working to migrate towards a shared ERP system for the whole group. As that happens, obviously, we are discontinuing existing systems. We are using a leading international standard system, so we are certain that the system will always be updated. The ambition is to have a joint, a shared, a uniform ERP system for all activities throughout the group globally. That will give us the full transparency, and that's why we call our new system Helios, because as we can all remember from Greek mythology, it means he who sees all, right? So there you go. We will have standardized procedures in many areas, more than we're able to do today, and that will also help reduce error risks and costs. I hope that was a, a satisfactory reply. Thank you. And then the next speaker is Michael Beck from PFA, the Pension Fund, and after him we will hear from the Employers Association of F.L. Smith. Thank you. As you heard, I'm Michael Beck. I represent PFA, the Pension Fund. On behalf of PFA, I'd like to congratulate you, uh, the Board, Executive Management and Employees, with the result obtained in 2012.
We've been shareholders in FLS for quite many years, so we've seen the transformation of the company over the last 10 years. You used to focus only on cement, but today you are a strong player in the market for equipment, for the mining industry, even if you're still also strong in cement. Services are growing strongly. And this is an area that F.L. Smith has focused a lot on in recent years. We support this strategy because services are typically characterized by stable, high margins of about 15%. More exposure in services, more work in services will make the company less cyclical. And services delivered well in 2012. More of a problem in 2012, as we just heard, uh, was materials handling. There's been a number of challenges in regard to many projects. But we have confidence that with F.L. Smith's experience with project management, you will, you, will get this, you will get this under control within the foreseeable future. Now, F.L. Smith ha has reduced ROCE, the return on the capital employed, talked about 20% as a financial target. PFA supports this target. It will help increase the focus on value creation in F.L. Smith to the benefit of shareholders. Finally, on behalf of PFA, I would like to thank Jürgen Huner Rasmussen for the work he has done for F.L. Smith over the last 10 years. A wonderful effort in the major turnaround that the company has undergone. Just like Klaus Wienbler, I'd like to say that we've benefited a lot from the many meetings. I really appreciated uh, talking to you, and I wish you all the best with your future work. And we, too, would like to welcome Thomas Schultz as the new CEO. Thank you. Thank you. And then we will hear Klaus Östergaard from the F.L. Smith Salaried Workers Association. The Salaried Workers Association represents all the people who receive their pay from Denmark. The fact that all employee groups are represented in one association allows flexible cooperation between management and employees. The openness of the management and their willingness to discuss whatever problems we talk to them about is a, is a benefit to F.L. Smith. We believe that. It's a strong point. On the other hand, such openness and willingness uh, is also necessary. If we, as an internal association, are to be able to handle the interests of our members in the best possible way. So the good open relations we have with management, we will work to maintain because we believe it forms part of the basis for us to work to everybody's, uh, in, in everybody's best interest. On page 24 in the annual report, it says, F.L. Smith is a learning organization. Our employees are the most valuable resource. Not surprisingly, we agree. <laughs> the association agrees. We can also read that uh, you fo we focus a lot on attracting and training the right employees who can support value creation in the group. Obviously, we are cooperating with management to 
ensure this can be done. So certainly these are words that are important. Finally, in this section, it says that because of that, it can mean that we need to we may need to recruit and dismiss employees at the same time in order to adapt competences uh, to changing needs. Now, the association understands that F.L. Smith cannot have the job of making bookkeepers into engineers or Danes into Indians, but we do cooperate with management to ensure that good people can be moved from areas where their competences are not going to be required into other areas where there's going to be more need for their competences. And I'd like to praise our management for that cooperation. And also, when you do have to dismiss people, I praise you because you want to do it and you do do it as fairly as it can be done. F.L. Smith in Denmark has many associations we meet during our leisure time, uh, we who work for the company. There are sort of collegiate bodies, you know, team building across the organization in Denmark. This is team building, this is networking of quite high quality, and we do it during our leisure time. What I'm saying to management is please continue the supporting these activities. This is a good investment for you. Do not cut back on these tiny little uh, investments only because you cannot show a, a direct positive effect on the bottom line of the accounts. Now, on another page in the annual report, it says, ongoing strategic uh, measures to do outsourcing to India are continuing. The ambi ambition is that 90% of all standard engineering will, will be carried out from India. Now, cement, which is most of what we have in Denmark, we've already reached that. And even if it's sort of flexible. It talks about standard work, standard uh, work, but 90% seems to be held as the correct percentage. Let me be oversimplifying a little bit. My Indian colleagues are in a culture very hierarchical, very much characterized by rules. Decisions have to be made higher up in the system. My Danish colleagues and myself are in a different culture. We ask questions about the rules and about the decisions made in the hierarchy. And decisions are often made quite openly by employees working with specific issues. My point is that expensive hours in the open Danish matrix kind of uh, structure, uh, well, they're better at correcting problems. Uh, because if problems show up at the customer, it's more expensive. So I do, behold, I do hope, board and management, that the this question of whether 90% is optimal, that should be monitored as part of our project that is being described from page 54 onwards in the annual report. And here we go. We must have a new CEO. I would like to quote what the chairman of the board, Van Sørensen, says in the annual report. There's no doubt that Jürgen Hune Rasmussen has been the gathering force internally. He's created trust among employees, customers, and shareholders. The first thing I remember about Jörg and Hune Rasmussen was the first Christmas party we had in Uxnehallen here in Copenhagen. All the Danish employees got, got together there for a Christmas party. And I remember the sense of being taken aback by your pep talk, Jürgen. Yeah, you, you, you talked about a basketball 
player. He he was training. He had some you know weights attached to his ankles, and the others were laughing at him. But you know, at, when they played their first game, he took these weights off that he had attached to his ankles. This is the time. You said ten years ago, Jürgen. And you did not hesitate. This is the time when F.L. Smith has thrown away its weights, keeping it down. So this is a point that you will all remember you said 10 years ago, because this is the beginning, this is the start of a wonderful future for F.L. Smith. Today is going to be an event you will talk about to your grandchildren. That's what you said 10 years ago. Do you know what? You were right. <laughs> you, it was a wonderful pep talk on the day. There was a lot of truth in it. And there was a more substance that we actually, than we actually thought 10 years ago. Because we've had 10 years in which I think all employees have become more and more proud about working for F.L. Smith with a very competent and open management. On behalf of all Danish employees, we wish you all the best for your future life and work. When you say goodbye, you also say hello. And a lot of work has gone into finding your successor, Jürgen. And I'm sure we'll be in good hands also going forward. I hope that Thomas Schultz will continue the open and honest management style that we have come to appreciate so much. I wish you all a good AGM on behalf of the employees. I express the hope of continued growth and a golden future for FL Smith. Thank you. Before, before I give the floor to the chair of the board, I'd like to hear if anybody else wishes to speak. Yes, Mr. Kel Bayer has asked for the floor. Congratulations on a great result to the board of management. Um, I'm sure you've worked hard to obtain this, but I hope that you will notice how many Danes are in the room here. So I think that you have to think also more about your roots and more than about big shareholders who don't care if you speak Danish or English. If you have an AGM, I think... You know, you should look at the number of people in the room who speak Danish and not just at whether there's one or two big shareholders who would like to hear things in English. So I, I think you should uh, revisit that decision and have next year's AGM also in Danish. And I would also like to see the financial statements and stock exchange announcements in Danish. We want to have F.L. Smith in, uh, on Danish hands. Not, We don't want the same thing to happen as with Danisco which was taken over by a foreign company. We must protect what is Danish, so please reconsider that. Last year, I sent some proposals uh, concerning the contents of the financial statements. Actually, many of those you've actually complied with, and also, for instance, about the share capital, because there are these options and so on, which mean that the share capital goes up and down. You've actually complied with that. And, you know, the intrinsic value is there and so on and so forth. Do I, do I see the key figures that I need to do my work on the accounts? So I appreciate the fact 
that you have actually uh, included that. So uh, you have listened to shareholders. I appreciate that. But this thing about uh, AGMs not being in Danish anymore, I, I didn't see that initially. It is very important. And normally for the fun of it, I normally say that you can you can see the expectations for the coming year in the refreshments after the AGM. Last year it was fantastic refreshments we got. I hope it's going to be the same this year and in the following years. Thank you. I think there was one more person here on row four. As that gentleman approaches, I would like to hear whether anybody else wishes to speak. Please use the stairs over here to address the or to approach the rostrum. I'm Olaf Gregus Anderson, and it's just like I come up here to praise. There are shares that only give you trouble, but when I think of those that bring no joy, I almost cry. We shareholders have often suffered, except us who are in F.L. Smith, right? So the shares are the best, are from F.L.S. It was rhyming in Danish, but not in English. Sorry about that. One more person asked for the floor. Does anybody else wish to speak? There is one more person, and I will come back. If you'd like to give your name, please. I'm Estefan. F.L. Smith has been a company where you look forward to the AGM every year because uh, the underlying business has been good for many years. When there is progress and you've had a sense that under Jürgen Huno the company was in safe hands and also you had Jürgen Vorning as chairman of the board, that was a good couple, those two, and they took the company forward. The new chairman of the board... I'm sure is also very qualified. I don't know him that well, that's all I'm saying, but um, I know he's also uh, the chairman of the board of DFDS and is highly respected. So I'm not saying anything bad about him. I just don't know him. Anyway, but I called the company because I've been looking forward uh, to come here this year to say goodbye to Jürgen Huno. I've been writing to and to him the last three or four years, and you know, and asking about the refreshments. It says here you're going to host a glass of wine. Uh, I'm sure you're going to surprise us, right? I mean, there's going to be more than that. There's going to be a a meal or buffet or whatever. It's a good tradition, isn't it? First, we have all the serious business, and then we go and have a bit of fun for an hour or so, and everybody can then, if they want to. You can talk to each other and you know do some networking and and actually the members of the executive management and uh, Jürgen Vorning, the chairman of the board, always went you know walk around and talk to people. That was a good tradition. So you're the big guys in industry in Denmark, right? But do not give up refreshments, right? Uh, that's that's really misery. It's, you're not, you're better than that. Everybody loves it in the room. You know that. It's a good tradition. I I was told that the board the board is responsible. Why? I mean, why can't Jürgen Huno uh, say you know we should have the same refreshments as last year, but only twenty percent better because this is my last year? He should have said that. 
Anyway, on a more serious note, this was serious too, actually, but uh, anyway, let me add that F.L. Smith has been doing well for many years, no doubt. But actually, we, the shareholders, I don't have many shares anymore, but over the last four years, we've actually lost 11 billion, if you look at the market value. The accounts market value has gone from 19.5 in 09 up to 28, but now we're down to 17 billion. That's the market value, the exchange value of the shares. So we've lost about 11 billion. Now, if you don't look at dividend, but you look at the market value of the shares, we've lost 11 billion with the shareholders over the last four years. So I'm just, you know, we shouldn't praise each other too much. Yeah, the company's doing well, that's one thing. But if we, the shareholders, are losing one-third of the value, big pension funds as ATP and PFA will be paying everybody's old-age pension, uh, you know, they shouldn't be losing that kind of money. I've been looking one, three, five years. It's gone down 8.9% in one year, 9.27% in three years, and about 24% in five years. The share value has gone down. So there is something that is not going so well. I think the board and executive management should pay attention to that. You can run a good business, but if you can't explain it to other people adequately, and I agree with Kel Bayer, the answer is not to have, and I mean, the Brits from London or the, the people from New York, they can just turn up, you know, why should we do it in English now? You travel all over the world, don't you? Roadshow, you talk about the company that should do it. Let's have the AGM in Danish and with proper refreshments after it. Thank you. There was one more person asking for the floor. Following that, I will give the floor to the chairman. I will be asking again subsequently whether anybody else wishes to speak. Is there anybody else who know that they would like to speak? I do not see anybody else, but I'll come back. Hello, I'm Nicole Anderson. I'm speaking on behalf of the Shareholders Association Best Women, an association established a couple of years ago in order to get more women on the boards of Danish companies. We've been buying shares in a number of C20 companies so that we have access to the AGMs of these companies. F.L. Smith, we also have shares in, and that's why I'm here today. Before I start my intervention, I would like again this year to congratulate the employees, the board and the executive management with the sterling financial result obtained in 2012. Obviously, we are pleased with that as shareholders. As mentioned, the purpose of my intervention here today is to point out that there are too few women on the boards of Danish companies, and that certainly also applies to F.L. Smith. If you look at the composition of the board of F.L. Smith, we have five men and one woman. Now, when you talk about those elected by the AGM, the top management, that is six men and no women. Unfortunately, this is not unique in Danish business. Women only represent 7% 
of the board members of Danish stock-listed companies, disregarding once again those selected by the employees, and only 6% of the top executives. So Denmark is at the bottom of these statistics in Europe. To us, in the Best Women Association, this is a lot of resources. It's also an obstacle to competitiveness and development if Danish companies do not choose to benefit from the knowledge, experience and talents of women to an adequate extent. Both Danish and international studies have shown that it's a clear benefit to companies, also on the bottom line, to have a broad composition of their board. Most recently, Credit Suisse in August 2012 published a report saying that companies with more women on their board actually create better results, measured entire development of the share prices of 2,000 companies they looked at over a period of six years. In March 2013, the uh, Grant Thornton, the international auditing and consulting company, published a report which encouraged, in very strong words, the big companies to work to make a targeted effort to get more women on their boards and executive management, just the way they're doing in emerging economies. For instance, in China, where the number of women in leading positions is actually 51%. In best women... We have no doubt that diversity creates better companies, better equipped to deal with competition in the international market. Fortunately, we are not alone representing that view. In recent years, we've seen major progress. Many of the biggest European companies go for diversity in terms of their top management and leadership. In Denmark, for instance, Carlsberg decided in 2012 to have a goal of 40% women on their board by 2015. Politicians also want to see more women on the boards and top executive positions. In December 2012, the Danish parliament adopted an act on more women on boards. The 1,000 biggest companies in Denmark with effect from the 1st of April 2013, will have to uh, put down a number which is going to be their goal uh, as regards the number of women on their boards and top managements uh, and to report on how they develop. In the European Parliament, they're working on a draft directive that will actually commit some of the biggest companies in the European Union so that they will work to ensure that by 2020, women represent at least 40% of the board members. Therefore, we, again, this year would like to encourage the board of F.L. Smith to make a targeted and ambitious effort in regard to this particular issue. Last year at the HGM, I asked the board of F.L. Smith about their plans to get more women on their board. The chairman of the board, Vaughan Sarkinson, said that F.L. Smith has the approach that um, they wanted to promote women in uh, managerial positions. Other than that, nothing would be done. Obviously, that's not good enough anymore, also because of the new Act of Parliament. 
F.L. Smith has an obligation, just like many other Danish companies, an obligation to make a targeted effort to ensure that more women become board members and become members of the top management. So again, I'd like to finish my intervention with the following question to the board of F.L. Smith. What is going to be your target? What number is going to be your uh, target for the board and the top management? What are you going to plan for in 2013? Thank you for your attention. Thank you. I will be coming back to ask whether anybody else wishes to have the floor. I know Mr. Bayer wants to come back. But now over to the chairman of the board to comment on the interventions we've just heard. Thank you for these interventions. I'm going to comment on some of them. Obviously, Michael Beck from PFA, thank you so much for your praise. Um, we are pleased also with corp our cooperation with, with you. The same to Klaus Sustergaard from the Salaried Workers Association. We benefit from a lot of cooperation over many years that we will make sure that that continues going forward. Um, Kel Bayer about the Danish language and the uh, question of what language to be used at the AGM. I'm going to say the following. F.L. Smith is a global company. That's for sure. 99.85% of our revenue is outside Denmark. We now have foreigners, uh, members of our top management, foreigners on the board, and we do need to take the consequence. Traditions are good, but you need to adapt and adjust. Now, F.L. Smith is moving quickly towards becoming a real global player, and we will take the consequence of that in a number of areas. One of the things that we will do is to change the language of the AGM. It's quite clear that uh, I understand if some people want to, 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 to then listen to it in Danish, we'll see how that can be provided if need be. I'd like to thank Mr. Ulf Greyes for the poetic little kind of you know, verse that you gave. Very nice. And I'd like to thank also Stefan. I did not get your last name. I'm sorry. You said you didn't know me. Well, I'm just as nice as Jörn Vorning, I promise you. So I hope I can get the opportunity uh, to say hello. But anyway, only one thing about value creation. Please look at the long-term value creation. In a company such as F.L. Smith, which is cyclical to a certain extent, there will be fluctuations. There's no avoiding that. Long-term value creation and how well are we doing compared with our competitors? Are we doing more poorly than our competitors? Then we should not be praised, that is for sure. But we're not. Uh, to Nicole Anderson, I'd like to thank you for your intervention. And F.L. Smith, we see it also as a priority to promote uh, the number of, uh, to promote having more women on the board and top management. But we want to set realistic goals in that field. And if you start with management, I'll give you a specific number. We've had progress in the number of women from 7.2% in 2011 
we're talking 200 managers, right? The 200 top managers of the group. We've gone from 7.2% to 9.2% from 11 to 12. So there is progress to be seen there. And our goal says 15% by 2016. We believe that's realistic and we want to set realistic goals. The board of directors, it is true, as you said, that we have one woman on board. A couple of years ago, we didn't have any. Last year, for the first time, we got uh, Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie as a member of our board. So that's 16.66%, right? <laughs> anyway, we are saying we want 25% by 2016, and we do believe that's realistic, and we will work towards that goal. I think that was it from me. Thank you for your interventions. Anyone else? Mr. Kilbire again. Does anybody else wish to speak after that? I don't see that. Mr. Kilbire comes back. I was just thinking, all the people here, well, you're not being paid less than 500 kroner an hour to be here, are you? No. Why don't you think about that? We have a lot of people here, expensive people supporting you. They're getting high pay per hour. Why don't you speak Danish to them? And why don't you give them a proper dinner after the AGM? I think that would be appropriate. And I'd like to say to the Danish Shareholders Association, you have 15,000 members. I have never heard you say at an AGM, speak Danish, we insist on it. I mean, that's going to be a part of your justification. You should fight for the, for the Danish language and fight that. I, I don't mind that we are now going to have a German, but he has to learn the Danish language, doesn't he, the new CEO? I expect that. Anyway, as regards the board directors, it would be great if we had 100% women on the board. That would be refreshing but at least we should have the most suitable people, and you've made sure that we have those. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, more uh, suitable women on the board, absolutely. And difficult words I wrote here. When you hold the AGM in English, as you intend to do, there are so many difficult words that, I mean, the people here in the room won't understand, whereas professional people, I mean... They can they can use simultaneous translation. I think it's better to have simultaneous translation for 10 people rather than to have to do it for hundreds of thousands of Danes. That's my view anyway. Take a look at it. Take a look at the number of people rather than the people who are listening to the translation. Thank you. Anyone else who wishes to speak on the report on financial statements? That is not the case. So... We have finished that item on the agenda. Chairman, would you like to comment? No? So I'll get back to the individual items on the agenda. First, we've heard uh, the report. There's no vote uh, on that. So we've finished that. So um, this is not for approval. That's item one on the agenda. Two is approval of the uh, 2012 annual report. Are there any further questions you've heard about it? Silence seems to be prevailing, and that is consent. So the 
Annual Report 2012 has been approved. Next item on the agenda is the approval of the Board of Directors' fees. Historically, typically you would approve uh, the uh, fees going, going back in time, but good corporate governance now says that you should also look to the future. So what you do now is you have the final approval for last year and then you have a preliminary determination of fees for 2013. Now, the EAGM in 2012 approved uh, the basic fee of 400000 twice that amount to the vice chairman, triple that amount to the chairman, as described in the letter convening the AGM. Any supplementary questions concerning item 3A on the agenda? That is not the case, so we have uh, reaffirmed the adoption from last year. 3B, that's the preliminary determination of fees for 2013. It is proposed that there is there will be no change. Any questions? It will then be submitted next year for the final approval. No questions. So 3B has been approved. Next item on the agenda, that's the distribution of profit. The board is proposing, as the chairman explained, nine kroner per share. The AGM can decide to reduce the dividend, but it cannot decide on a higher dividend than that proposed by the board. Does anybody wish to propose a lower dividend? No? Well, I take it then that the board's proposal has been adopted. Those were one to four. And now we're coming to a new item, item five, election of members to the board of directors. As you have heard, the board consists of six members, and the board is proposing re-election in accordance with Article 11. There must be minimum five and maximum eight members. And at the moment, there are six members of the board. Re-election is proposed of Vaughan Sorensen, Torkil Benson, Martin Evert, Steen Jakobson, Tom Knudsen, and Caroline Grégoire Saint-Marie. Any questions? Any other nominations or comments? If not, I take that to mean acceptance. Nobody else running? Okay. So all the best to the members of the board for the coming year. You have been duly elected. Next item is the appointment of an auditor. The proposal from the board is to re-elect, reappoint Deloitte. Article 16 of the Articles of Association says that there must be one or two auditors. Any other nominations? Not the case. Good luck to Deloitte for the coming year. You're sitting here on the front row. Next item is item 7 of the agenda. We have two sub-items. They are sort of standard, really, technical. 7.1 is Treasury shares. For many years, the company has been asking for authorization to acquire uh, its own shares as treasury shares is actually a precondition for carrying out the share buyback program described by the chairman. This is standard authorization going forward to the next year's AGM, uh, corresponding to maximum 10% of the share capital at a price corresponding to the market price plus minus 10%, not 10 degrees. I correct myself as a speaker. It would be 10, 10 degrees would be nice maybe, but it's 10%, right, right. No objections, so that has been duly approved. The last item of the formal part of the AGM is 7.2.
this is a revision of the board director's authorization to increase the company's share capital. The board already has such an authorization. You can give that for a maximum of five years. It was given last year for five years. So this year it could be extended from 17 to 18, and that's being asked for. At the same time, there's an adjustment of the wording in order to accommodate a change in practice of the Danish Business Authority. This is an extension uh, of something already existing. Any questions concerning 7.2? If not, it has been um, duly adopted. It's a change of the article, so it uh, requires uh, the uh, special quorum. Any other business? You cannot have any votes, but you can ask for the floor. Nobody else is asking for the floor, so I'd like to hand over the floor to the Chair of the Board, Mr. Van Sorensen. Right. We shouldn't leave the ATM without me joining the list of people saying thanks to Jürgen Horner Rasmussen. He has done a sterling effort. Ten years, an epoch, really, that you've had as the CEO of this distinguished old engineering company. It's not just ten odd years, ten very special years, ten years of a lot of change, ten years uh, where you have been very, very influential, as you can see up here on the slides, <laughs> some of your activities. What I'd like to say is that the FLS that you took over in 2003 was a, a fixer-upper, you might call it, if it was a house. But anyway, but you started phase one. That was the turnaround. Divestment, not of core activities, but uh, other activities. And then you wanted to focus on the cement business that we came from and that we know that we know how to do. Phase two was then positioning, creation of the one source strategy to become a complete supplier, first in cement. Phase three, you know, that was enabled actually by uh, acquisition of GLNV, then we provided another part of the condition for becoming a one-source supplier. That was in minerals. Phase four was then the establishment of a strategy to actually utilize the growth potential, which is so big. The growth potential provided by the platform that you have then now made. So a new organization was required and focusing on six industries, as I mentioned previously, uh, that was what you introduced. And this plan, these four phases, it sounds like you you thought about all that in 2003. I don't know that you knew all that was going to happen 10 years ago, but it looks so great when you look at it now. It's been a wonderful process in every way. Now, you have created it while maintaining some of your big characteristics. I can remember at least five or six of them. One, good leadership, good and popular leadership. As we've heard also from employees, you have been a good visionary leader and a very visible leader. Proximity to the customer, customer intimacy, 
You've always promoted that. You've been our best salesperson, I could say sort of jocularly. Common sense. Wise decisions, that too. Carefulness, caution, diligence, and also a lot of fun. You've always ensured a good atmosphere wherever you went. Three weeks to go, then a new period will start in your life. I wish you all the best with that. And obviously, we will be looking at your future work. It's not unlike my own work, so sometimes we will actually meet and, and exchange best practice. And I'm certain that you'll be very successful in what you will be doing. At the very end, I would like to thank you ever so much for a fantastic effort over 10 years on behalf of the board, on behalf of the company, and I do believe I can do it on behalf of the shareholders too. Klaus summarized it from ATP uh, for us, uh, what has happened in the period that you've been the CEO. Thank you ever so much for a sterling effort. Please stand, everyone, and help me applaud the effort of Jürgen Huno Rasmussen. Thank you so much. It's too much, really. <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm happy that I just get the opportunity to thank Michael Bay, Klaus Östergaard, and last but not least, Ron Sorensen, for these uh, very nice words. I'm very honoured. Uh, it's really too much. But um, also what Klaus Östergaard said, uh, because he spoke on behalf of our colleagues. If you've worked in a big company, you know that it's, it's a team sport. It really is. Defense and the pass that uh, that comes before the goal is just as important, just as important as the goal. When I became the CEO, there's no comparison at all. I quoted Winston Churchill. No comparison, please. From the 10th of May, 1940, uh, at the age of 65. When he became the PM, he said he felt that his whole life had, had simply been preparation for this task. And that's what I felt. That's what I felt when I took over at F.L. Smith. Now I'll be succeeded by Thomas Schultz. He's even better qualified and has even more relevant background than I had when I took over. That's for sure. Congratulations, Thomas Schulz. It's going to be interesting for you. And I'd like to congratulate F.L. Smith with choosing you. And at the very end, here at the 10th AGM that I experienced, let me quote once again Winston Churchill. The last official birthday that he celebrated many years after the war was over, there was a reporter who wanted to know, what does it feel like to have saved Britain during the war? And he said... I didn't save Britain during the war. The lion of the British soul did that. All I had to do was roar. And, you know, 
F.L. Smith, it's the same. We have some basic values rooted in Denmark. We have competent people, board and management. Because of that, this company is invincible. I've had the privilege of being the person roaring for a period. That's all. Thank you. I hereby declare the AGM closed. Thank you so much for your active participation. Thank you. Bye-bye.